0: Oh i yeah. cause all the powers of darkness can't drown out a single word and I got tune sing Singing glory, glory Hallelujah He reigns He reigns It's all God's children singing Glory, glory Hallelujah He reigns He reigns It's all God's children singing Glory, glory Hallelujah You are full of grace and truth You are full of grace and truth Jeal the Jesus Jeal You are full of grace and truth You are full of grace and truth Jeal the Good.
1: Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us in Christ, and as we gather today and we we specifically think about your work in the world, we pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to all that you want to do in this great world that you've created among people that you love. So we pray that this will be a day of, of worshiping you and of letting you speak into our lives, and we ask this through Christ, amen. Share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship today. This uh, is a weekend when we are focusing on uh, missions, both uh, locally and globally. And and specifically, this year, our focus is is a bit more locally as we think about uh, the city of Buffalo and uh, the work that's happening there. Uh, After the service today, there will be a combined Sunday school class in the community room. And um, Stephanie Smith from Jericho Road Ministries in Buffalo will be sharing. And uh, I I think you'd want to be a part of that. Uh, I was part of the group that went. We week and a half ago up to Jericho Road and so impressed with what uh, they are doing and how God is using the ministry, they are expanding it. It's exciting to see that. Uh, yesterday, we had, I think, about 30 people who came, were part of the Priscilla Project, uh, a baby shower, helping to collect things, make things uh, for uh, people in Buffalo, and about 22, I believe, went to Buffalo yesterday to work on a variety of projects, and uh, it's exciting to see that happening. Uh, This morning, we are privileged to welcome uh, Chuck Massey here as our guest speaker today. He's an ordained minister in the Wesleyan Church and has taught at Houghton College for, he was telling me, he's just in his 38th year, and he, but he said he's done now, teaching. But uh, he is the, uh, actually the director of the uh, Office of Urban Connections and Wesley Corps for Houghton College in Buffalo. And um, he has opened doors, so many doors for Houghton College students to, uh, to work in the city and to uh, be a part of that environment and what God is doing there. Uh, in a place of great need and uh, it's exciting to see what's happening and we look forward to hearing from him this morning about what God is doing in the city and what we how we might be able to be involved in that as well this is also a day when we are collecting Our faith promise cards, if you do not have one of these and you'd like one, just raise your hand. We've got some people in the back who will get those for you. You don't have to turn it in today. We will be collecting them over the course of the next few weeks, but this is the day we want to start collecting them. I I just wanted to tell you, I already heard a story this week. Someone was sharing with me that um, that he and his wife were talking, thinking about what they might want to uh, give, what God may be um, asking them to step out in faith to give. And they were still sort of pondering that, and before they even wrote anything down, they got an unexpected check in the mail that just about covered that exact amount. So even before they made their uh, faith promise, God was supplying. And it's exciting to hear those stories of of how God is working. And so I want to encourage you to to take a, a step of faith and be involved. This is something that is above and beyond what we normally give. But it's a, it's a way of stretching our faith, of watching God uh, work in ways. And sometimes it's about us sacrificing to make it happen. But it's a, it, it is a step of faith for God to work in our individual lives, our families, and our church together. So if you are ready to give, turn in your car, you can just uh, tear off the, the smaller section of it. And uh, you can drop that in the offering plate And uh, just to give us an idea of how much we're collecting. As you see on the back of the card... Uh, this is talking about where this money is going to go, about 5200 for local things, 5300 for regional things, and then 19000 for our global outreach in addition to what's already in our budget. This is, just, this is above and beyond that. So we're going to ask the ushers to come and to collect our tithes and offerings and uh, these cards, if you're ready to give those, uh, as we uh, give back to God from all the ways in which he's blessed us.
0: Please stand with us. Nations, come in. Yeah!
1: Moments in prayer together. If you would like to use the altar rail as your place of prayer, come and join me. Otherwise, please be seated. Holy Father this morning we want to thank you for your endless blessings to us. Thank you for the ways in which you communicate your love through creation, the relationships, the gifts that you place in each of our lives. And we come today with hearts full of gratitude and thanksgiving. Father, we want to thank you this morning that your love reaches to the whole world. And that your plan and your design is that every person in the world would know the joy and the peace of your love. Father, this morning we realize that there are so many people who do not know you whose lives have been torn apart by so much in this world that of sin and of of hurt and pain people who have never experienced what so many of us have experienced father we want to spend time praying for this world and we think specifically of the city of buffalo And the great need there. Lord, in this moment of silence, hear our prayers for the city, the people that you love, who need you. Hear our prayers. Father, we pray that you will bring your people, your spirit, your love and grace and mercy into the city. Thank you so much for what we see happening. We pray that it will continue. We pray for the people who are at work there. And we ask that you would give them strength and help when things get difficult, and when it feels as though it's a matter of spinning wheels. Help them to know of our love and our support, of our compassion and our involvement. Father, we pray that you will continue to stir our hearts. Lord, we pray for the burdens and the needs that are part of our lives as well as we come to worship today. We pray that you will heal all who are wrestling with illness and pain. We pray for John and Bev, for Donna and Edna and Linda, for Micah and Bonnie, for Crystal and Bill, for Emily, and for others who are on our hearts and minds who of great need today. Father, we pray for those who are grieving, I think especially of Isabel's family. We ask that you would comfort them with your mercy and your grace. Father, we pray that you would help us as we struggle with fear and uncertainty. Help us as we wrestle to trust you about all of the things in our lives. This morning, assure us of your grace and give us faith and courage to step forward as you lead us. Father, we pray for for Chuck as he speaks to us today. Give us hearts that are open to you that we may hear his words. We pray that you will ignite our hearts through the power of your spirit. Father, thank you for being present with us today. We pray that you will help us to be people of great faith, of great courage, of great love. We pray that this will be so through the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together.
2: following the scripture reading, children ages two through third grade will be dismissed for children's church and junior church. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The word of the Lord.
0: to the be seated.
3: I appreciate greatly the opportunity to be here with you this morning when the invitation came, I was asked to to do several things. the um, communication with me said, we would like to hear how God has called you what you see God doing and how you might envision." Houghton Wesleyan Church, corporately and individually becoming involved in Buffalo. So that's what I'm going to try to do, respond to, uh, to those three things. I'm thankful that um, that God's call to the city uh, occurred over an extended period of time and gave me plenty of time to adjust to the idea. I'm a country boy. I grew up in a rural area in eastern Virginia. I was attracted to Houghton College at least partially because of the location of this campus. So you know I wasn't looking for the city. In fact, it was the last thing I would have wanted to be called to. My wife and I moved from North Carolina to Houghton in the fall of 1976. I've been reminded this year as I've heard lots of conversation or, uh, about the, the weather and how severe the cold is, and it's being compared with the, the winter of 77. The winter of 77 was my first winter north of the Mason-Dixon line. I think that our love for Houghton is evidenced by the fact that after that winter, we stayed. But the last thing I could have imagined at that time was that I would end up living in Buffalo, New York for an extended period of time and would even choose to make it my retirement home. Clayton and I came to to live in this community, to teach in the education department. I became dean of students. And after five years in Houghton, um, Dan Chamberlain asked if I would consider going to West Seneca to the campus there. And we made the move uh, somewhat reluctantly because we had fallen in love with this community So we moved to West Seneca to a suburban community and gradually began to establish some contacts with the city of Buffalo. Again, it was not something we rushed into. Um, It was enough challenge to move from the idyllic location here to West Seneca. And we weren't interested in extending further into the city, certainly not at that time. But over the years, while in West Seneca, we had the opportunity to get involved with several opportunities that were opening up in, in that community. One was um, there was a, an organization, the Greater Buffalo Association of Evangelicals, that was formed. Uh, Buffalo is largely a Catholic town. Evangelicals uh, are not well known and were even less well known um, you know, 25, 30 years ago than today. And um, uh, we created the Greater Buffalo Association of Evangelicals and set out to, um, to make some connections with, with the region and with the city and we decided, the group of us, that one of the things that would be helpful would be if we could get the National Association of Evangelicals to bring its, its annual uh, conference or convention to Buffalo. Now, getting a, a, a national organization to agree to bring its, its conference to Buffalo in March is a hard sell, Um, But we were able to pull that off, and in March of 1987, the National Association of Evangelicals came to Buffalo. And um, as you can imagine, there was was lots of attention given um, to that group um, and um, and the time uh, uh, that it spent there. After the success of that effort the group decided that it was time to, uh, to try to get Billy Graham to come for a crusade. Um, he, in all of the years of ministry, had never come to Buffalo. And so after extended time and effort um, in, in 1988, the summer of 1988, which was the year that the, um, the new ballpark opened downtown... Um, was the site of a Billy Graham crusade. And it was particularly during the Billy Graham crusade that I had opportunity to begin to go into the city on a regular basis because many of the planning sessions were held at one of the African-American churches in the city. And um, uh, gradually I became uh, more familiar with the city it uh, some of the fear began to subside and um, um, connections were made. It was also about that time that um, uh, through the college, we decided that if we could just find a place to have um, uh, a classroom, a couple of offices, an urban location, that we could offer some programs for students in the city, and might offer some opportunities for Houghton students to come and study in the city. And uh, so we began to look for a place, and it was during that time that um, that I became aware of efforts to save an old Roman Catholic church building, the former St. Mary of Soros Church. And in 1988, Houghton became a part of the, the effort to... Um, to, to save this building. It had been marked for demolition uh, by the diocese. And um, so Houghton expressed an interest in occupying a little space in that building and was one of a number of organizations to, uh, to express some, some interest. Well, the fascinating thing is that over the years, as this project developed, um, we never were able to occupy any space. It became a charter school instead. Um, My wife, um, with a background in early childhood education, left her teaching position at Houghton and became director of what became the King Urban Life Center in the city. And as we became involved with that project, we decided that it didn't seem right to continue to commute in from the suburbs. So if we were going to be engaged in the city, we ought to live there. So in 1989, we moved into the city, into the house where we live today, which we have decided to make our retirement home. Um, It was a long drawn out process of being drawn into the city. And God gave us lots of time to adjust to the idea and we also made our move into the city the year our youngest daughter came off to Houghton to college. So we never had to deal with issues of education, which are some of the toughest that you face um, yeah, I, as, as families, as parents, um, in, in many cities today. Um, so it was a, it was a long, drawn-out process, but I could never have imagined, while all of this was happening that it would be a place that I would not only agree to move to, but would fall in love with. And now, after living there for nearly 25 years, it's hard to imagine living anywhere else. Um, we thoroughly enjoy our our life in the city. Now, I realize that God calls people in different ways. And sometimes the call... It's quick, immediate, go, now. In our situation, uh, I think God knew that we, uh, we needed some convincing and we needed some opportunities to engage with the city, um, to get over all kinds of fears that, uh, that we would have had, um, and to gradually adjust to the opportunities that were opening up for us. In moving into the city, um, our involvement was primarily on the east side in the African-American um, uh, community of the city. I know the Dunmires are familiar with that part of the city. Um, and I was very comfortable there. I grew up in the segregated south, and I remember uh, the civil rights movement and the integration of society there and survived all of that quite well and um, felt quite prepared to uh, to engage on the the east side of the city what i couldn't have imagined was um, some some of the the further involvement that i'll get to in in just a moment but after after coming connecting engaging in the city Over the last 10 years or so in particular, um, we've had the the privilege of seeing tremendous progress being made, seeing, I'm convinced, God at work in um, um, some amazing ways. And interestingly enough, many of those initiatives Are a result of faithful ministry on the part of graduates of Houghton and, in many cases, students from the college who come on a regular basis to engage in a variety of ways in the city. But in responding to the question, what is God doing in Buffalo? Let me just share a, a few stories that will um, will give you some sense of, of God at work in the city um, and how he's using faithful Christians and using the talents that they have to address needs in the city. Some of you would be aware that, that Buffalo um, sometimes struggles with an inferiority complex. Um, people in Buffalo don't always appreciate what they have um, and um, when you're in a city that between 1960 and 2010 loses a little over half its population um, you begin to wonder uh, what what is happening uh, thankfully the the rapid pace of, of uh, decline has been arrested at least to some extent, because of the, the influx of refugees in recent years that, that has been taking place there. But there are some other exciting things that are happening in the city that give us great hope. Um, and But one of the things that was needed was for people who were there to begin to see the change, the positive things that were happening, and begin to uh, to view their city differently. And some of you are aware that, that this past fall there was um, a video that was produced titled Buffalo, the best designed city in the world. It's picking up on a, on a quote from Frederick Law Olmsted about Buffalo, um, you know, made a, a hundred years or so ago, um, and, or, or more than that, actually, and... Um, um but the the filmmaker was um, uh, a young Christian from the West coast who had come to Buffalo to do um, uh, some video work had himself fallen in love with the city decided to make it home since he could do his work anywhere in the world actually and um, and as he began to see more and more of the beauty around him and became aware of the magnificence of the city, he decided that one of the things he wanted to do was produce this this film. I would encourage you, uh, you can just go on YouTube, Google the best designed city in the world, and you can find the 12-minute video, and you will get a view of Buffalo that you've probably never seen before. But here is the work of a talented young Christian that is helping a whole city begin to see itself in a different light. Now, there are also a number of ministries going on around the city that address some of those special folk that are mentioned in the scripture that was read this morning. And I think about uh, The Hungry and a project that's going on at Lafayette Presbyterian Church. Lafayette is one of those grand old churches with a, with a marvelous facility um, that once upon a time not only had a marvelous facility but a, but a great congregation and a, a wonderful endowment. And as the congregation has dwindled, the endowment has dwindled, and um, they reached a point that they were beginning to wonder if there was a future. And so they have done some marvelous renovations to their facility, taking a part of it and turning it into um, apartments and condominiums that actually produce an income that will maintain the facility, including the worship facility, and will allow them to continue uh, ministry there. But one of the things that they, that they are doing is creating what they are calling the Big Big Table Cafe. And this is right on Elmwood Avenue in Buffalo. Any, if you know anything about the city, Elmwood Avenue is uh, an area that over the last 20 years has seen tremendous renewal. And it's uh, one of the vibrant, exciting parts of the city. But there are also homeless folk. There are folk from the Buffalo Psychiatric Center who uh, are outpatients who hang out in the area. And there's need for uh, a soup kitchen. There used to be one in the area. But the folk at this church decided that instead of having a facility that separates the, those with greatest need, and in, invites them in to, to have food, that it would be a wonderful thing to actually develop a cafe that would serve a wide range of people, but that um, um, would not set uh, a, a fee for meals, but would allow folk to, uh, to come and pay what they, what they could if you want to know what the the cost of the meal might be and wanted to pay that, you could do so. If you had nothing to pay, that was fine too. But there would be multiple opportunities that would be provided for folk to, um, to give back. So if you had no money, um, but you could wash dishes or you could help with preparation of food, a whole range of ways that you could contribute. And... Um, the effort will be made for this cafe to buy as much of the, the, the produce um, from the community. Uh, many, uh, much of it, come, it will come from urban gardens that are being developed, many of them by uh, refugees and other recent uh, arrivals in the city. So this is one unique effort that a church community is making to address the needs of the hungry, but in a way that would engage them in community with others rather than just addressing their need and uh, separating them, as so often is the case. Another thing that's been happening in in Buffalo that... um, that I find very encouraging is the welcoming of strangers. The, um, the influx of refugees that has been occurring. Um, there are significantly greater number of refugees arrive in Buffalo than in New York City each year. Most people are startled at that. There are, there are lots of immigrants who come to New York City but not a large number of refugees who are resettled, more resettled in Buffalo. In fact, about 30% of all of the refugees who come to New York State are settled in Buffalo, most of them on the west side of of the city. And those of you who have been introduced to Jericho Road and will hear more in the Sunday School session today, um, that's where the where the primary focus of the work of Jericho Road is, has been on the west side. They're expanding now to the east side, to uh, uh, other parts of the city, but they've been primarily on the, the west side where this this large refugee community uh, lives. Um, there are four resettlement agencies in Buffalo. Um, Journeys Inn, which some of you are familiar with, Catholic Charities... Jewish Family Services, and International Institute. Some years ago, back in 2007, Bonnie Macbeth and and Anna Ireland, two Houghton graduates, um, started an organization called Hope Refugee Services, which was designed to try to help second-migration refugees, those who had, had settled in other parts of the U.S. and then moved to Buffalo, or those who had been here for a year or more and were no longer being serviced by the, some of the resettlement agencies who had still had great needs. So they created HOPE to address many of those needs. HOPE is now a part of Jericho Road. A merger has taken place over the years. But when, when HOPE was first established in 2007, the other four refugee resettlement agencies... Um, were less than excited about their becoming a part of the scene in Buffalo. It was, it was perceived as more competition. And at that time, the four agencies seemed to feel that they were in competition with one another, which was hardly the case. One of the wonderful things that's happened over the last few years is that these organizations are beginning to learn to work together. There's now an umbrella group called the Western New York Refugee and Asylum Consortium that's made up of those four resettlement agencies and Jericho Road, particularly the work of the Hope Drop-In Center. So this is tremendous progress where folk are learning to work together to address needs in the larger community. Um... There's also BIREC, which is the Buffalo Immigrant and Refugee Empowerment Coalition. That's actually an organization made up um, of different refugee groups who have come here. And um, the focus there is on, on empowering people in these communities to be able to help their own and uh, um, to engage more fully in the, the life of the city. This is another group that's that's taken root and beginning to, uh, to see some success. Now, another group mentioned in, in the Matthew 25 scripture are the sick. Um, again, I'll leave it to, to Stephanie or others who are learning about Jericho Road to be able to talk about that. But Myron Glick, many of you would know, uh, a Houghton graduate who landed in Buffalo, established Jericho Road Family Practice, and then Jericho Road Ministries, which now are merged along with Hope Refugee Services to form the Jericho Road Community Health Center. And um, the vast majority of, of the refugee population in Buffalo, their medical needs and many other needs are met by Jericho Road. There are other um, uh, evidences of cooperation that are taking place that I'm convinced are clear evidence of God at work in the city. Um, There's a a group that that are calling themselves Bump for Buffalo Urban Ministry Project. And this is um, uh, their group of, of pastors from a variety of different denominational groups um, that that have come together with other Christians, and one of the things they're doing, um, they've, there have now been three forums for folk to get together, address topics of importance to Christians um, and for the life of our of, of our city. Um, they'll listen to a panel. Uh, A chance to ask questions, break into small groups for conversation. Um, These forums are, um, with very little advertising, are bringing fifty and sixty different uh, people from a variety of different uh, uh, church organizations, church and other organizations around the city. Um, This is something I had not seen. Uh, this was a part of, the, the, of what was envisioned with the Greater Buffalo Association of Evangelicals years ago. This is now happening from a grassroots um, uh, uh, effort there. Um, another place that we see cooperation happening is um, with the work of, of Westside Ministries. Uh, one of the things that Westside Ministries is doing now is facilities management. You have lots of, of organizations, uh, Christian organizations, with facilities without staff to adequately care for them. And one of the things that's happened is that Westside Ministries, that's, that's very capable of, of taking care of facilities, is now managing the facilities for Jericho Road, the number of different buildings that they have, and... Um, they, they are managing facilities at Grace Community, which is um, uh, a facility that four different churches use, including uh, uh, Grace Community Wesleyan. Um, they also are the facilities managers at First Presbyterian Church, which is um, uh, a church where it's a, a small congregation, um, it's a facility that Houghton, uh, in its new Buffalo program, an associate's degree program that will open in the fall, will be housed in this facility. But there's also the Elmwood Village Church um, that needed space that is also going to be utilizing space in this building. It's a marvelous um, uh, old architectural gym in the city. And now you have all of these groups coming together, cooperating to maintain the facility, to be able to better support their own ministries. Um, and this, what others in the city are beginning to see are Christians actually coming together and cooperating. And that's a, all too rare uh, happening. Um, one other thing that gives me reason for hope, if you want to come up on a Wednesday morning and go to uh, to Grace, uh, the House of Grace, it's called, on Potomac Avenue, um, You, um, if you drop in 8.30 or so, um, they'll probably give you breakfast um, and opportunity for conversation. And you will have a gathering of... Um, ministers or others who uh, who want to talk about ministry or have a good theological discussion. And you will find uh, a pastor of the Vineyard Church, you will find one or two assemblies pastors, you'll find a Wesleyan, a Lutheran, a Presbyterian, a Mennonite, and a few other non- non-denominational folk that are together and when they begin to talk about theology, it's quite a lively and interesting conversation to to say the least. But a part of the conversation always comes back to what do we need to be doing to support each other in our efforts to minister in our city. And when this is happening, there's, there's reason for hope. Now, envisioning how... The Houghton Wesleyan Church corporately and individually might be become involved in Buffalo. Well, you already are. Uh, some of the things you've been doing over, over these last few weeks, there are others of you who I know have, have had connections uh, over, over uh, time. But let me just uh, quickly, and I realize the, the time is going quickly, uh, tell you just a couple more stories Um, I'll start with the one about how I began to see the opportunities on the west side in the city when I had been focused on the east side almost exclusively. It happened with a Houghton student, Liz Garifano, who had transferred into Houghton, got involved with uh, uh, some courses in the intercultural studies program, Andy Goldman's class, Decided that they were going to go up on Saturdays, some of them, uh, and tutor in homes of refugees. And so Liz was a part of that first group, eight students. After a semester, they asked if they voluntarily continued this, would the college continue to provide transportation? So that was worked out. And then they decided we have a 12-passenger van and there are only seven of us who want to continue this. Let's recruit a few more. Their recruiting was more than uh, than well it was very successful. Uh, a second van had to be added, and uh, they continued through the through the spring semester and uh, they would go up, spend a couple hours in the homes of refugees, tutoring most mostly the kids but occasionally the adults in english um, and and then make the the, the drive back. Um, during that time, they realized that there was no summer program for newly arrived refugee kids at that time in Buffalo. So they decided to work with Journey's In to create a program. Liz led that effort. And uh, in the summer of 2005, the New Horizons program started. It ran for three years. When the Buffalo Public Schools finally got around to starting a summer program, Liz connected with them, and um, and we were able to coordinate efforts. Um, this past summer, um, the Jump Start program served about 300 uh, recently arrived refugee kids for a summer program. It was a collaborative effort of Journeys in, of the Buffalo Public Schools, of. Uh, the Service Collaborative of Western New York and its AmeriCorps program and Houghton College. And every summer since 2005, there have been a dozen or so Houghton students or recent graduates who have been working through the summer to provide educational programs to um, uh, recently arrived refugee kids. Um, there's, there's a home buyers club that serves, to a large extent, the refugee community. It was started by Jer Clifton, who was a 2007 Houghton grad. Um, came to Buffalo, did a, a year service, um, began to look at needs, began to read about how other cities were trying to address them, stumbled across this notion of homebuyer's clubs, to help people prepare to be able to purchase homes. And uh, he helped set that up uh, before he left the city. It was picked up by the Westminster uh, Economic uh, uh, Development Initiative, Weedy and this is a program that continues today. There, there uh, are dozens and dozens of former refugees who own homes in Buffalo because of the, the continuing effort of a program that Jair helped put together. There's Anna Mediova. Anna uh, was a, a Houghton student who worked, was one of the leaders of the JET, the Journey's End Tutoring Project while a student here. Came to work through Wesley Service Corps at the at the end of her uh, after graduation. And she had a real burden for the refugee women, particularly Burmese, some of the African women too, but particularly the Burmese women, who had had no formal education. They arrived here, they had to take English classes, and the classes were not designed for them. They were uncomfortable in a school setting. It was a foreign place for them. They were uncomfortable in classes with men, and they were learning nothing. And they had difficulty in finding care for their children while they were in class. And Anna said, wouldn't it make a lot more sense for us to go into the homes and let some of these women invite a few of their friends and sit around the kitchen table and teach them English? And she began to experiment with that, and during her year of Wesley Service Corps, she began to develop a curriculum. She then was able to go to work through uh, Jericho Road to establish an ESL program. Now there are are more than a dozen uh, groups, small groups, that meet that are learning English in this way. Anna is is completing her master's, in uh, uh, TESOL and continues to lead this this program. She's using her talents to address a very special need. But now, Journey's End is picking up on this idea. There are other organizations who are beginning to look at the success that Anna's students have had, and it's beginning to change the approach to to providing ESL instruction for adults who are coming in, particularly those who have had very limited educational opportunities before arriving. There are are other folk. I think of of retired folk like Bob and Betty Barnett, and uh, they got involved um, with Hope Refugee Services um, some years ago. As Hope has changed and merged with, with Jericho Road, they have continued to be active. Bob still does all kinds of handyman things for the organization as need arises. Betty works with an ESL program. There's a, another required uh, a retired couple from down in this area, um, Bob and Sandy Blake. And uh, they got involved with, with Bonnie McBeth and, and Hope Refugee Services uh, some years ago with um, a sewing project. And Sandy was involved with the sewing. Bob um, was repairing the the machines that were needed. Now, this is a project that Hope worked with for a while. Then it became a a part of of Jericho Road, and they worked with it for a while. And then it was picked up by Journeys Inn, and they worked with it for a while. And now the project is being continued by a nun from Canisius College, as, as it's made all of these different changes the Blakes have stayed connected and are continuing to give their time and service and making regular trips from down here in Fillmore area I believe to to Buffalo to uh, to serve um, there are lots of other opportunities there there're for, for those who are looking for one opportunity, there are, are the opportunities to come you know, once, to, to come with a group, to serve. Folk came yesterday, participated in service projects. There are those kinds of opportunities that are invaluable. There's a, what was a sad old yellow house on 14th Street that used to be an eyesore. And through tremendous efforts of a whole lot of of Houghton students and alumni. Uh, they worked with West Side Ministries. This sad old yellow house is now um, the um, uh, it, it's the, the most exciting place to see on Fourteenth Street. It's it's a beautiful place and um, there are six uh, Houghton graduates who are working with Wesley Service Corps, who live at that house now. Um, I would welcome you to, uh, to come and see it. Um, and uh, there, there may be, well, actually, several of the women who actually live there now and are working with Wesley Service Corps came up and volunteered as students to help with the renovation of that place. Um, there are lots of other ways of connecting. Uh, many of you know Cameron Earhart, who moved? He and Wendy, Mindy, moved to Buffalo uh, um, a few years ago. Uh, Cameron is involved with um, uh, Friends of the Buffalo Story, where he's being he's able to use, you know, his knowledge uh, and training as a historian to help with a significant project on the Buffalo waterfront. Uh, there are lots of ways of connecting. And using the gifts that God has given you um, in the, in the city, um, we need lots of folk who will come and and participate in short-term uh, service efforts. We need some who will come and commit a year or two, and we need a few folk who uh, who will come for the long haul. And if you're fortunate, like my wife and I were, um, maybe God will will draw you very slowly and give you lots of time to adjust to the whole idea of leaving a a beautiful rural area to to come and live in the city. But um, I'm excited about what I see happening in Buffalo. But I'm particularly excited about um, the the commitment that Christians are making and the role of persons uh, of deep personal faith that are serving in, uh, in, in helping change this, this city for good. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Chuck. And uh, as I was sitting there listening, my prayer is that God will give us wisdom, lay on our hearts how we might be involved individually and corporately in what he's doing in the city. I'm going to ask you to stand for the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.